Hello and welcome to Vipercast here where we're talking about the start sits and prop bets ahead of week number 12. Gobble, gobble, get those stretchy pants ready. Not only is it Thanksgiving, but we got fantasy football news that we are going to load up on your plate here ahead of these week 11 or week 12, sorry, week 12, Carol. We're already on to week 12. That means we're like the three quarters of the way through the regular season. People are uh, positioning here for the playoffs. It's happening, people. It is happening right now. Your playoff push is going on. Now, with that all being said, there's some news here from week number 11, week number 10, kind of going back here that is very instrumental in how the rest of the season is going to kind of play out here, starting with Justin Jefferson simply does not care about your fantasy football teams, so stay out of his DMs. Is it that that much to ask, Tara, for people to stay out of another man's DMs when he's not ready to come back to practice? Like, we got to look at this right now. The guy is less than 100%. For me personally, I'm I've been sitting on my injured reserve right now for work because of my hip surgery. No one's getting to my DMs and telling me to get back to work. So so should we really be getting into Justin Jefferson's DMs and telling him to get back to work? No, absolutely not. And I literally just so <laughs> so you remember um way back when when I first started doing those like short videos and I did one on a particular player. And you caught that his dad um, had watched it. And <laughs> I remembered that when when the Justin Jefferson um, BNDM thing was brought up, like after that happened, I was like, I will never, ever, you will never hear a negative word come out. And like, because he gave me a follow, I was like, you will never hear a negative word come out of me about that particular wide receiver just in case his dad is watching i will never ever do that just because i knew so what possesses people to literally go and approach an actual like via dms an actual athlete or anybody any kind of pseudo celebrity or anything and directly comment to them about that is wild to me i don't understand that at all like it just makes no sense it really doesn't. Now, saying that, I, I get kind of lonely. I wouldn't mind some people sliding into my DMs and kind of just chatting with me. But, I mean, they're quick to, they're quick to leave. It's really that simple. But, I mean, this is a man's life. He's injured. He's injured. And we've known about this from the get-go. He was right off the start. They said four to six weeks was kind of the minimum time requirement for Justin Jefferson. The Vikings are in no real rush to get him back. They're about two games ahead of the, uh, the Packers, I think it is right now for that final wild card spot. So right now, there's not a sense of urgency to get him back for the Vikings playoff uh, aspirations. Maybe for your fantasy, but again, fantasy versus reality. I don't think the Vikings care about our fantasy team. I don't think Justin Jefferson cares about our fantasy team. So really, I got no problem with what he's out there saying. We've had lots of athletes being saying these kind of things here over the last few years. People, back off. Let it be. It's that simple. Now, speaking of things that are a little bit more complicated, it's that situation going down in Cincinnati. Once we lost Joe Burrow, we effectively lost Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. What is their value moving forward, Tara? So I am not, obviously it's not fantastic. Um, We're still starting Jamar Chase. We're just probably, unfortunately, getting a big ceiling cap on Jamar Chase. But he's still someone that I've, Unless you were in an eight-man league, there's no reality in which you're benching him because at the very least, he is going to give you flex-worthy numbers. So from that perspective, we're okay with it. But T. Higgins was already someone that we were 
very skeptical of in terms of his consistency and take away Joe Burrow. And it just makes him incredibly unreliable. At this point, you can't really trade away these players. Um, your trade deadline probably pass. And if not, um, and you've got maybe like a week 13 trade deadline or something, maybe like a dynasty and it's open. Um, you can do that, but it's just, just no point in selling super low right now, unfortunately. So you're kind of stuck. Um, we're not trusting T Higgins. We're still starting Jamar and Joe Mixon probably got a nice little boost there. Yeah. I, I mean, we're looking at this right now and I'm at the point where I've got Jamar Chase's wide receiver 13 rest of the season. And I think that's a little bit high because when I look at this week's rankings, I have him as my wide receiver 18. Is that yeah. too high or too low for Jamar Chase or right about the sweet spot for week number 12? I think it's fine. Um, I mean, we're, we're pushing him back. Um, I have him. I have him 17. So look at there. We're rankings twins for right now, unless we adjust it. Um, it makes sense. He's someone that we're still um, we're still starting, but he's more of a wide receiver too that we're kind of taking with a cautious approach. I will say, I am. I don't think that Jake Browning will be as detrimental as. Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito was a weird situation where he was never intended to be a starter in any capacity or even a backup in any capacity. Jake Browning was intended to be the backup. So at least from that perspective, we do know that he's not coming in here um, with zero trust from the organization. And he's already been, you know, named starter for the remainder of the season. So I don't know. It's going to be somewhere between Aiden O'Connell and no, no, no. I think use Aiden O'Connell as your baseline and then bump up maybe a tiny bit, maybe a tiny bit. Well, the one thing that we did see was that Browning was targeting Chase. Not so much Higgins, but Chase was definitely the guy that he was looking for late in that game last week where he hit him for that touchdown. Um, a similar situation is taking place in New York where Zach Wilson has effectively been benched for Tim Boyle. Now, before we get on Tim Boyle not being a serviceable quarterback, Boyle is... Uh, he, he understands this offense. He's played in this offense somewhere throughout his career. But just like Chase and Higgins, how are we feeling about Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall moving forward? The Tim Boyle situation is frustrating. I hate to speculate, but they should have gone out and long before this pursued, you know, it took Minnesota zero time to go out and do the right thing um, for their organization moving forward this year. And the Jets not doing anything and ending up with Tim Boyle. I don't think that Tim Boyle ups the great, upgrades the situation in any way, shape, or capacity. I don't. Um, I'm not looking forward to it. There's zero evidence throughout this man's entire career that anything will come of this. He is there because literally Aaron Rodgers likes him. And I'm of the belief that they didn't pursue a quarterback because – Unfortunately, they didn't want to create any kind of issue with Aaron Rodgers hoping to return in December. So they're kind of stuck where they are. Um, you don't feel super confident about Garrett Wilson, unfortunately. There's a lot of an unknown here, and I just don't think the upside is super high. Brees Hall, I'll continue to start him. I will, because he is Brees Hall, and he's got he is the only back. I know they're working in Israel Abanaconda to give him opportunity to see what he's got, but it's not taken away from Brees Hall's workload. You're still rolling Brees out with confidence. It's just capped upside. Yeah. And I think we see uh, that transition there, the running back position. When we saw Michael Carter get his release. Now he's in Arizona. So uh, that makes a lot of sense, but I'm going to assume right now, when we look at our starts and sits for week number 12, that Tim Boyle is not going to make your start list. Who do you have starting? Who do you have sitting here for week number 12? I am starting Jordan Love. 
coming off of um, that strong performance against um, the LA Chargers. And I know what you're thinking, a strong performance against the LA Chargers. Um, that's expected. Yeah, absolutely. But what I was encouraged was, is I at least got to see Jordan Love put up in a situation where he should put up. He's been a little bit shaky. There've been matchups where um, it's a little bit touch and go, not particularly massive upside matchups, but somewhere he should have taken advantage. But this LA Chargers matchup was a complete layup. And I saw what I needed to see to feel comfortable that he should continue to be a fringe QB one. And the interesting thing to also note about him is with Aaron Jones going out um, earlier in the season, when Aaron Jones was out with that hamstring injury, we did see an uptick of usage from Jordan Love at the goal line. And a lot of that disappeared when everything kind of got back on track. And that increase in that opportunity for him is something that we can look at to kind of boost his fantasy production. I also like matchups against Detroit. I love matchups against Detroit because while their defense is fine from an NFL perspective, um, from a fantasy perspective, they give up volume through the air to quarterbacks just because their offense is so fantastic that quarterbacks have to toss volume in order to keep up with it. So I think this is going to be another nice, nice, good volume game from Jordan Love starting him as a fringe QB one good streaming option. Feel confident about it. Um, my flip side there. Yes. My sit for the week. It is going to be Matt Stafford and, you know, Cooper Cup potentially being out um, day to day. It's kind of interesting. Um, The Rams, the NFC is a weird one where technically speaking, like the next team out is Green Bay from a playoff spot. Wild. But yeah, that is um, actually true. They're a little bit further back. It's not like a game back, but they're a little bit further back. But technically speaking, these NFC teams are kind of all still in it because of how bad comparatively the NFC tends to be. Um, but Matt, so I don't think that, you know, the possibility of shutting down or, you know, delaying Cooper Cup really, if he's ready to go, is a reality because they're still competing. But Matt Stafford is a sit for me because, one, I'm not, the matchup is deceiving. Um, and I don't think that he is going to put up a high level of volume. And when you're looking at him and the potential upside that he can have, it's like maybe 18 fantasy points on a good on a good day. It's <laughs> on a good performance. He's he's still someone I just don't feel super confident in. Even in a decent game, he just doesn't have the level of fantasy output to really get you over the edge. And we've got so many other streaming options that are in excellent matchups. Um, a guy like you're about to mention, maybe. Um, a guy like Gardner Minshew, who's in a good matchup. So there's guys out there that you can roll with and feel a little bit more comfortable with. Um, and I don't think that you have to dip down into Matt Stafford. Yeah, you mentioned my guy here for the start as a streaming option. Gardner Minshew, Colts quarterback here against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Last week, Brock Purdy had a perfect quarterback rating there on his way to 32 fantasy points. That's quite the performance, completing 21 of 25 passes for 333 yards and three touchdowns. And we've seen how Gardner Minshew, he loves to get that ball deep with Josh Downs, with Michael Pittman. I mean, Michael Pittman literally had a game where he was averaging 47 yards per reception. So heading into this contest against the Buccaneers, this is a defense that is allowing over 22 fantasy points to the quarterback position over the last four weeks. And that includes 1,243 passing yards, seven touchdowns. And Minshew, to his credit, he's already got two 300-yard games. This is going to be his third 300-yard game. Mark that down this week. Now, 
every time I have a good one out there, I want to go out there and give you a temper your expectations. I mean, I can go down my quarterback rankings and tell you not to sit Bryce or to sit Bryce Young and Desmond Ritter, Aiden O'Connell, uh, Bailey Zappi, but you already know all this. So I'm going to tell you a guy that I'm tempering my expectations because he is a top 10 quarterback who could also probably dip outside of the top 12 because of this matchup. And that is Justin Herbert against the Baltimore Ravens who are allowing the fewest fantasy points per game this season. Yes, they were allowing less than 10 fantasy points per game throughout the entire campaign this so far. And yet over the last four weeks, they've been even better allowing just eight fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. This is a team, if I have a, a Brock Purdy, if I have uh, some of these other quarterbacks, Tua Tagovailoa, maybe a Josh Dobbs, these are guys I'm possibly considering. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Kyler Murray, possibly considering over Justin Herbert this week. I know people aren't going to necessarily sit Justin Herbert because it is Justin Herbert and he's got Austin Eckler and um, Keenan Allen and all these offensive weapons. But I'm telling you, this is not a great matchup for a fantasy, uh, from a fantasy perspective here. Now, some other matchups that I do like here at the, at the quarterback position, Dak Prescott, CJ Stroud, Kyler Murray, Gardner Minshew, I mentioned him, and Brock Purdy. These are all quarterbacks I think you could plug into your lineups and feel comfortable with. And on the flip side, Sam Howell, tough matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. Geno Smith, banged up. Russell Wilson, another guy I don't trust this week. Now, Tara, when we look at Thursday night football here, Thanksgiving games, a couple prop bets I want to throw at you real quick. Jordan Love, over under 232 and a half passing yards. Um, I'll take the over. All right. Brock Purdy, over under one and a half passing touchdowns. Take the over. Two. All right. Sam Howell, over under one and a half passing touchdowns. You're killing me. Um, <laughs> I hate to be like over, over, over. Um, no, I'll I'll go under for Sam Howell. Um, I thought Sam Howell. Sam Howell in the Washington game is it's an interesting one because his leading touchdown reception artist there is Jahan Dotson who has four. Meanwhile, on the flip side of the field, Deron Glad has four pick sixes. So this is going to be one of those games where I think he throws a couple touchdowns, but he's probably going to throw a pick six in there as well. Now, my quick rankings here. At number one, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson at two, Josh Allen at three, CJ Stroud at four, Jalen Hurts at five, Justin Fields at six, Patrick Mahomes at seven may seem kind of crazy, but look at the uh, what Mahomes has done recently. I don't think it's too far out of the realm of possibility that he is not a top five quarterback. Kyler Murray, number eight, Trevor Lawrence, nine, Justin Herbert, 10, Jared Goff at 11. And at number 12 is Brock Purdy this week. Now, Tara, when we look at the running back position, I think that's what I got next up on the sheet here. Who is your start and who is your sit? My start is going to be Kyron Williams. And while maybe that doesn't sound revolutionary, I think it you know, kind of is because he's coming off of IR and people are coming off of one week of being traumatized from Devon Achan coming off of IR and giving us absolutely nothing and um, getting re-injured and not returning to the game. So maybe some people are getting a little bit worried about Kyron Williams and wondering what level of workload he'll come back to, if you can trust him. Um I, and we haven't heard a ton, which is not unusual for um, the LA Rams to be a little hesitant in terms of say, in terms of saying, you know, this guy, 100%, I'm going to give him as many snaps as humanly possible. Sean McVay, not typically one to do that, but I, I do see him coming back into this game and um, getting the bulk, bulk of workload there. And we talked about Matt Stafford earlier in this matchup. Sometimes 
passing matchups against Arizona, it, it, it reads as such a fantastic matchup, but it's really not always. It's shaky. We saw Lamar Jackson have a low volume game. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that you can run and should run all over Arizona. This is an excellent matchup for running backs. And I think Kyron Williams, even if he comes back to um, a lower workload than he typically had um, with his explosive capabilities, his receiving upside, every which we know if there's receiving um, opportunities, it will go to him and not to Royce Freeman, who will be the backup here or the guy that is um, supporting Kyron Williams. So I think that from a fantasy perspective, Williams will be fine. We got to remember, this is a guy who the Rams were 100% confident in literally having on the field 100% of the time. There were games where he straight up did not come off the field, and that is wild. They are more than willing to do that, and I trust Kyron Williams coming back unless we hear anything negative in terms of him being super limited in this game. 50% Kyron Williams in this matchup against Arizona is perfectly fine with me to start him. My sit of the week is going to be, <laughs> it's AJ Dillon. Sorry, AJ Dillon. Um, I've got a actual like real, um, not sample size, a direct, like this is not the first time you've played Detroit and boy, oh boy, did you fail the first time? Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Five carries, 11 yards. It's an absolute no-go for me. Detroit is a high-volume matchup. You more than likely are going to have to throw on them, running on them. Not the best idea in the world. I can't trust A.J. Dillon in this matchup. I struggle to trust A.J. Dillon in general, but against Detroit, I can't get there. Yeah, I think the Lions are allowing less than three and a half yards per carry, and we've you just mentioned that. Five carries, 11 yards. That's far less than two yards per carry right there. So uh, Kyron Williams, I love it. I got him as my RB24 as far as my rankings go. And that's with the baked-in kind of injury risk kind of associated with him right there. So he is going to be a low-end RB2. And I think all the per, the protection that we needed to go with Kyron Williams was basically put out there by the Rams when they let go Daryl Henderson, who was their lead back for the most part. So, I mean... We look at this situation, Daryl Henderson being let go, Kyron Williams coming back. That's telling me that the Rams feel that Williams is good to go. And I think they gave him a little bit of extra time than what he needed. Now, for me, Rashad White, he's like a hot apple pie there right now. Look, he, he, he may look plain. I mean, he doesn't get you the rushing yards, but I'll tell you what. He tastes fantastic when it comes to fantasy. Four scores over the last three games, averaging at least three targets in every game, but one this season. He has scored 15 fantasy points in six consecutive games. Last week, six receptions for 28 yards. That's nine fantasy points right there, just in his receiving upside. And we're not even talking about him running the ball. White, and he's getting the volume right now. So against this Colts team, they are allowing the fourth most fantasy points since week number eight to the running back position. So he should be in line for a top 10 week. Now my sit of this week, I'm going to stick with some good old cooking here. And I know when grandma used to make Thanksgiving dinner, she would say, get out of the kitchen. This is my area. Too many cooks is not a good thing. And I like Brandon Cooks this week. So that means I am down on James Cook. That's too many cooks in your fantasy lineup. So it's not just that. It's the fact that we're looking at James Cook versus an Eagles defense that is one of the best. They're allowing the fewest fancy points to the running back position. They're allowing the fewest rushing yards to running backs. So Cook, you're thinking, hey, you know what? He's going to be effective when it comes to the passing game. But even there, the Eagles are allowing the eighth fewest fancy points per game to pass catching backs. So that's another thing. That I'm just kind of tempering those expectations. A lot of people are in on James Cook especially what we saw from him last week. But I'm like, oh, you know what? This Eagles team, 
Even though Pacheco had some success, it's a matchup I'm looking to avoid. Some matchups I like, though, this week include Pacheco. We talked about Gus Edwards, who's got seven touchdowns. Or since week number seven, he has nine touchdowns. Jalen Ward, Ramondre Stevenson, and Devin Singletary came out of nowhere recently. Oh, wait. No, he hasn't come out of anywhere because I've been talking about him for about four weeks right now to get Devin Singletary into your lineups, to get him on your roster when he was basically free. So hopefully people were doing that. Running backs that I'm sitting Charbonnet comes to my mind right away. Tough matchup against the 49ers. People are looking for something shiny to plug into their lineup. Temper those expectations there. And Javante Williams. So a couple of props that I'm looking at, Tara, right now. Jameer Gibbs over under 77 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Uh, rushing and receiving. I can get on board with that. I'm going to take the over. All right. How about 113 and a half from Christian McCaffrey against the Seahawks? Oh, man. Um, I will take the... I will take the under on that. Um, Ooh, might okay. get, yeah, it it might get a little out of hand. <laughs> Maybe they don't need um, CMC in the latter portions of the second half. Well, it should be an interesting game because wide receivers against the 49ers have been able to put up fantasy production. But then we have this guy named Geno Smith who may or may not be ready to play this week. So that's going to be – and we all know uh, Drew Locke is probably not the answer when you're facing the 49ers. Now, another interesting one for me here for Thursday night is Tony Pollard over under 66 and a half rushing yards. Are you back in on Tony Pollard? No, no. Um, I'm not, and it's an excellent matchup. I mean, it kind of, you know, it's like, seems like easy bait saying, oh, absolutely. Saquon absolutely murdered them. Um, we should see, this is an excellent matchup. We should see Tony Pollard. Like, no, I don't trust Tony Pollard. Just one week is not making me hop back on board. Can't do it. No. <laughs> so if you're off on Tony Pollard, are you in on any pass catchers that can maybe pick up the slack if you have Tony Pollard in your lineup? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I am very much so in on Zay Flowers as a start this week. And I know sometimes people get a little bit frustrated in terms of Zay Flowers production because while he is technically the wide receiver one for um, for uh, Lamar Jackson, the volume hasn't been as consistent as it was early on. But we are talking about um, a matchup that I mentioned earlier when we were talking about the Packers. We are talking about literally an ideal matchup in the LA chargers. You don't get just, you don't get, I mean, unless you're talking about Washington, obviously you're talking about one of just the juiciest matchups for opposing quarterbacks and wide receivers. I expect Lamar to thrive in this game. And uh, while Isaiah likely is going to step up, I like Isaiah likely to step up in replacement of Mark Andrews. Um, he's not a one for one replacement of Mark Andrews. And some of that volume is going to have to go to the receiving core. And you know, Odell, while he'll get you some, um, some reliable catches, you know, he's Odell, he's going to be there and he's going to be strong. He's due to, you know, pull up with a hamstring or something every single game and walk into the medical tent. It just, it is what it is. And the most reliable receiver for me is Zay Flowers. So I, I predict a little uptick in volume for Zay Flowers to so maybe get back on trap to earlier in the season. Um, after some kind of disappointing performances here recently, my sit at wide receiver there, it is going to be so sorry, Garrett Wilson. I hate it for you. I really do. Um, but again, I talked earlier about how I cannot and will not ever trust Tim Boyle. I, um, I'm a Packers fan. I've got firsthand knowledge of this. We know, again, he is on the team. 
because of Aaron Rodgers. He's not on the team because they felt any level of confidence in him, unfortunately. So while Garrett Wilson has been incredibly reliable, in my opinion, as a wide receiver too, given the circumstances, Zach Wilson was good at actually supplying the ball and targeting Garrett Wilson. Like that was not an issue there. The upside was an issue, but um, his floor, super steady, solid wide receiver too. I'm not sure that that is going to continue with Tim Boyle. I think we might be in for a rude awakening. So if you don't want to risk it and you can have the ability to pivot to someone else, I would probably do it. And before I pivot to my starts and sits at the wide receiver position, just to kind of go back here on the running back position, my top 24 running backs are Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, Rashad White, Travis Etienne, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Isaiah Pacheco, Jameer Gibbs, Austin Eckler, Devin Singletary, Tony Pollard comes in at number 12, and then James Conner, Joe Mixon, David Montgomery, Saquon Barkley, DeAndre Swift, Brian Robinson, just ahead of Bijan Robinson. And I know people are worried about Brian Robinson's matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. But remember, this guy's been catching passes left, right, and center the last couple weeks, so I'm not too worried about that. Gus Edwards, Brees Hall down at RB21, Raheem Mostert, Ramondre Stevenson, and then Kyron Williams rounded out there. Now, at wide receiver, you're in on... Uh, Flowers, Zay Flowers there. I'm in on Odell Beckham Jr. for the exact same reasons that you just mentioned, and it comes down to the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, with the loss of Mark Andrews, the Ravens are looking for a veteran to step up, and while the Ravens' passing offense isn't exactly known for their big numbers on a consistent basis, Beckham Jr. is also coming off his first 100-yard receiving game since that 2021 NFC Championship contest. He has seen at least seven targets in three of the last five games. And after Andrews, this is what gets me excited about Odell Beckham Jr., maybe more so than Zay Flowers, is after Andrews went down last week, he assumed a 39% target share. This season with Andrews in the lineup, OBJ's target share or targets per route run there is about 19.7, averaging 1.37 yards per route run. Without Mark Andrews, that jumps up to 25.4% for the targets per route run and 2.99 yards per route. So that's everything boosts up there for Odell Beckham Jr. And you mentioned this Chargers defense. They are allowing 41 fantasy points, two wide receivers this season and nearly 2,000 yards and 12 touchdowns so far this season. So yeah, if you can catch passes and you play for the Baltimore Ravens and you're playing against the Los Angeles Chargers, you're playing in my fantasy football lineup this week. Now, as far as my sits are concerned, and this one hurts me because Amari Cooper is still one of my favorite players out there. But this is just a matchup I can't get behind. The Denver Broncos have allowed just 347 yards and 25 uh, receptions over the last four weeks, and they have yet to concede a touchdown to the position over that time. Meanwhile, they're also allowing the fewest fantasy points to the position, just 19.23. Heck, since week number eight. Week number eight. So we've got a bigger sample here. We're talking a few weeks here. No team has done it better than the Denver Broncos have against fantasy wide receivers. And to make matters worse, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, he only seems to have eyes for David Njoku. 15 targets last week is what the Browns tight end got. Not, not Amari Cooper. So that has me very apprehensive to put him in my lineup. Some other wide receivers, though, that I feel a little bit better about this week, Tank Dell. I got him, obviously. He's gonna, you're going to find out he's in my top 12 this week. I mean, he's one of those guys I trust. Puka Nakua, he's up there. Adam Thielen is another wide receiver I think you can trust. And as far as wide receivers I'm avoiding, George Pickens, Jacoby Myers, Jerry Judy, and Drake London. Now, Tara, going back to Thursday night football, CeeDee Lamb, over, under, 89 and a half yards receiving. Over. Amonra St. Brown, over, under, 81 and a half. Uh, under all right Jaden Reed over under half a touchdown Ooh. rushing or receiving over 
All right. I like the way you're thinking here because I'm big on Jaden Reed. If you've caught any of my draft videos ahead of the time, he's one of those guys I really, really like. Now, Terry McLaren and DK Metcalf are two guys that kind of come into my sit list this week. Guys, I've kind of been tempering my expectations. One, because Terry McLaren faced the Dallas Cowboys, third fewest uh, fantasy points to the position this season. DK Metcalf, we know what Geno Smith is dealing with. So Terry McLaren over under 53 and a half receiving yards. Over. All right, he happens to be a Dallas Cowboy guy that gets in the thorn quite a bit there and has big games against him, even though Dallas has been good against wide receivers. DK Metcalf, 58 and a half receiving yards. Uh, over, one big play. Oh, you got a big play coming for DK Metcalf this week. All right, so with that being said, here are my top 24 wide receivers for week number 12. CeeDee Lamb comes in at number one. Yes, CeeDee Lamb, not Tyreek Hill. Uh, Stefan Diggs comes in at two. Amonra St. Brown at three. Then Tyreek Hill at four. A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, Michael Pittman, Mike Evans, Brandon Ayuk, and Puka Nakua. They round out my top ten. At number 11 is Tank Dell, followed by Adam Thielen, D.J. Moore. Kelvin Ridley comes back up there. Number 15 happens to be Devontae Smith. Number 16 is Devontae Adams. At 17, Chris Olave. 18, Jamar Chase. We talked about him at the top of the show. Number 20, Tyler Lockett, who I think has a good game against the 49ers. I talked about how the 49ers do give up big plays in the passing game. You just said DK Metcalf could have a big one. I think Tyler Lockett's going to have a good game as well. Jalen Waddle comes in at 21. Nico Collins at 22. Marquise Hollywood-Brown comes in at 23 because this is my list, and I need Marquise Hollywood-Brown to do something. And at 24 is Debo Samuel. Tara, finally, we're talking tight ends here. Let's talk about which tight ends you're starting and which tight ends you are sitting this week if you need a now granted i would have liked to say isaiah likely with just how many um ravens can we talk about in one game um sorry in one, in one show so i am going to say if you need a streaming option and you are looking over waivers and you didn't get what who you wanted and you're like i gotta grab somebody now go look at kate otten um he's been He's had a couple of duds every now and then he has one of those where it's like barely any targets, just one or two receptions. Um, but for, for the most part, um, he's been very strong in decent matchups and Indianapolis is a decent matchup. It's good enough to where we're trusting that Gardner Minshew is going to be throwing for good volume in this game. And um, or, I'm sorry that Gardner Minshew, uh, that Gardner Minshew is going to be throwing for good volume in this game. We could see some nice back and forth here. And I'm okay with looking at Cade Otten in this and trusting him as a low-end tight end one in this in this matchup. Decent matchup here. Then uh, looking at my sit of the week, um, and this one is going to be kind of interesting because you wouldn't you wouldn't automatically think this one. My sit of the week is going to be Evan Ingram, and the reason for that is not because I think that Evan Ingram is going to be a bust. It is because I think that Evan Ingram is going to continue to be you know, kind of there, um, getting targets, not really getting touchdowns. And when I say not really getting touchdowns, just straight up not getting touchdowns, um, decent receptions, but not really getting you over the edge by any means over here. Um, he's had two games in a row with less than 10 fantasy points. Um, last week, we obviously saw Zay Jones return and Calvin Ridley go off. The more wide receivers in that offense, the less consistency that we're going to see from Evan Ingram. So unfortunately, with the lack of touchdown upside that he has this year, I, I just I, I think that you can go with better options because so many tight ends are just going deeper in terms of the production that they can have and the upside that they can have. So if you've got somebody 
like uh, Dalton Schultz or Jake Ferguson, those guys that have pushed their way up into being incredibly reliable starts. And you're looking at them and thinking, do I start Evan Ingram? I think you should pivot to another option if you've got a decent streaming option or someone that you can rely on as a tight end one. Yeah, Evan Ingram is an interesting one because I, I am starting him, but I'm not loving it. I, I, you mentioned it right off the get-go there. He hasn't got a touchdown this season. So you're not getting that touchdown volume. Those are going to Travis Etienne, Christian Kirk. Um, Calvin Ridley last week had a pair. So you're losing out on all that. And now Trevor Lawrence is running in from the goal line. You got a, two rushing touchdowns that could have gone to Evan Ingram. So you have more questions than you have answers, but the volume is going to be there where he's going to be in that tight end 12 type range when it's all said and done. But like you said, there's better options. Isaiah Likely. Um, McBride, Kincaid, Dalton Schultz are all guys I like starting this week. Uh, guys I don't like are Kyle Pitts, Hunter Henry, and Tyler Higby. Now, I want to talk about a guy that I really like this week. And I talked about how much I didn't like Amari Cooper. It's because David Nchoku has been that guy for Dorian Robinson, uh, Thompson Robinson, sorry. Um, Four of his five previous contests, he's got eight or more targets. Last week, we talked about 15. Even if Dorian Thompson-Robinson doesn't play, the Browns went out there and they signed Joel Flacco, who happens to like his tight ends. So even if Thompson-Robinson is out for whatever reason, Joel Flacco comes in and he's a tight end guy once again. So it's not looking good for Cooper, but it looks great for David Njoku, who could be one of those top six tight ends the rest of the season. Now, when we look at this, I think Njoku is going to continue to be heavily targeted in the red zone. He's one of the most targeted wide or tight ends over the last couple of weeks when it comes to the red zone. And these targets, they're eventually going to add up and they're going to lead to fantasy production. Now, a guy that I'm sitting, hey, look, the Vikings, they've allowed four or fewer receptions and less than 50 yards to tight ends in each of the last two games. On the season, they're allowing just 11 and a half fantasy points per game and 11.08 the last four weeks. So they happen to be playing Cole Komet and the Chicago Bears this week. So Komet is that tight end that I know people are going to want to start, but you just mentioned, we talked about his name, the Schultz, the Kincaids, the McBrides, the Isaiah Likelys. These are all guys, again, I feel you put them in your lineup over Cole Komet, no matter what, because not only has Komet been inconsistent for the most part of the season, there are better options out there. And one of those better options happens to be a guy that you're starting this week, and it's going to be George Kittle, right? We're starting George Kittle, but his over-under prop, Tara, over under 51 and a half receiving yards for George Kittle. Mm, over. All right. How about Tucker Craft? We talk about Luke Musgrave, by the way. He's on IR. He's not coming back. But the over under for Tucker Craft is set at 27 and a half receiving yards. Under. Under. How about Sam Laporta? He is sitting at over under 9.05 fantasy points. <sighs> Uh, over all right who scores more fantasy points sam laporta or logan thomas sam laporta all right over under 37 and a half receiving yards for the aforementioned logan thomas <laughs> over yeah all right over under four receptions for jake ferguson over and then again, we'll just go one more time here with, uh, I don't even know who the, uh, Noah Fant. Can you even trust Noah Fant? <laughs> his his over-under set at 15 and a half. Are you going to take the over on Noah Fant? No, I don't think I am. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? That, that's probably a pretty hard fade. I mean, that's, we haven't seen nothing come from Noah Fant all season long. So we've got nothing to lead us to believe that 
that is going to be a viable fantasy option in any way, shape, or form. I, I mean, we've got every tight end that's back this week, so we don't have to worry about buys. But when we look at my uh, rankings here one more time, uh, my top – let's go 15 here – is TJ Hawkinson. I got at number one because of that matchup against the Chicago Bears. Travis Kelsey against the Raiders at number two. Trey McBride at three against the Rams. Four is Dalton Kincaid. Five is George Kittle. Six is Dalton Schultz. Seven is David Njoku. Number number eight for me is Evan Ingram against the Houston Texans. That's right, right, right around where the consensus has him, I believe, as well. Sam Laporta at number nine against the Packers. Number 10 for me is Jake Ferguson. 11 is Logan Thomas. 12 is Isaiah Likely. 13 is Cole Komet. 14 is Taysom Hill, because I never know where to put Taysom Hill. Let's be honest about that. And then finally, Cade Otten rounds out my top 15, because I think he's going to have some volume here as the Buccaneers take on the Indianapolis Colts this week. Now, Terry, when you look at those lists, maybe some of my rankings that I kind of mentioned, is there any one or two players that stand out that are too high or too low? Or uh, I think we're pretty close on a lot of them anyway, but is there anyone that kind of stands out? No. No, I, I, I mean... Is it bold to to put Hawkinson at one and move teach uh, and move Travis down one? Maybe that's your boldest take there. I don't know. It's crazy. I know a lot of people have already kind of commented what I had Tank Dell at number eleven on my wide receiver chart because it's fine. Hey, listen, Tank Dell is getting like <laughs> I think thirty five targets in the last three games or two games or whatever yeah. the number. It's insane. CJ Stroud, not only did CJ Stroud want Tank Dell at the draft, he begged for Tank Dell at the draft. He is feeding Tank Dell, and we are in week number 12. So Tank Dell's a guy, uh, if I look at my redraft rankings for the rest of the season, I think Tank Dell's also one of those guys that happens to be in my top 12 as well. Uh, yeah, number 11. I got him as my wide receiver 11 rest of the season. And that is actually um, – Pretty much where the consent, I think consensus even has him a little bit higher with the way he's been playing as of late. So uh, Tank Dell is one of those guys I'm just absolutely falling in love with. And that whole CJ Stroud to Tank Dell thing, I think it's it's unstoppable. When I watch, I, I don't know who to even compare Tank Dell to. Is he a Tyreek Hill? Is he an Odell Beckham Jr.? What is he? I don't know, but he is getting fed the ball. Now, Tara, let everyone know where they can find all your fantasy football information so they can feast on all that knowledge you have. <laughs> You can find everything on my Twitter at it's Terra Time, I T S T E R A T I M E. I got a link in my bio that um, will be updated once the show is um, actually out there. It will be updated to have all of my um, fantasy football content for week 12. Best place to find it. There you go. And if you're looking for any of my stuff, obviously right here on the Vipers Network is a good place to start. And if you need some more information out there, I mean, head over to Rotoballer, get into that Discord channel. I am updating that pretty much 24-7. I mean, I'm in there four or five times a day and getting everyone's questions answered as much as I can. And then over at Fantasy Points, you can catch all my stuff there as well, answering questions on the daily there. So with that all being said, hey, Enjoy your turkey, enjoy your ham, whatever you got going, whatever those fixings are you got, make sure to enjoy it. Enjoy your family and make sure to enjoy football because we've got plenty of football. Five days of football, three games on Thursday, one on Friday. That's right, we got the Jets and the Dolphins on Friday, the Black Friday. We got college football on Saturday. We've got more football on Sunday and again, more football on Monday. So you got no excuses not to catch football with your friends and family this week. And Tara, we'll see you next week. Take care. <laughs>